This episode is sponsored by Caddyshack Bistro, your favorite new watering hole. Located next to Crust Pizza Company on Spring Cypress and Champions Forest Drive in Spring, Texas. A place where dreams come true. The finest spirits, wine, and tasty food. It's where the locals go. Use code BEERNERD20 to get 20% off your next order. I want to know what you're thinking. There are some things you can't hide. I want to know what you're feeling. Tell me what's on your mind. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Front Row Negative, the podcast. We are back. We, we take more breaks than really anything. Um, I don't know what happens, but we, I don't we think tend to take breaks. It is responsibilities. I don't know what that is, but we're back. <laughs> I'm your host, Aaron. And I am Crystal Bell, which I think is Spanish for Christopher. I'm not mistaken, right? <laughs> it could be. I mean, Something like that. Christo. Yeah. Christo. Or Christoph. Yeah, I'm Christ. I am Christ of podcast. Wow, no. I'm just kidding. I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Good grief. I'm Chris. What's up? <laughs> you, don't... you have to do that. You've risen after Easter. Chris. Yes, exactly. So, it's after Easter. So we are joined today by somebody who's in the Houston horror community. He's been a staple for Comicpalooza for a while. I've known him for a while through Comicpalooza. Uh, he's got his own part of a group thing going on with Houston Horror Fest. We had uh, one of the big supporters a few weeks ago, Joe on talking about this, talking you know, all about this fun conversation. Uh, we got Scott on today. How you doing, sir? Doing very well. Glad to be on. Appreciate you guys having me on. Been looking forward to it. Uh, but of course, knowing you what through Comic Palooza with seven years now, seven yeah. or eight years, I think. And uh, been, been waiting for an invite, man. But damn, <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. What does a brother have to do to get on? I don't know, man. I feel like we're having the, the mafia. Like we're, we're starting with low-level mafia guys, and we're moving on to uh, enforcers. Next thing you know, we're, you know, they're gonna be looking for our body, like they're looking for Jimmy Hoffa's. You know? Well, just you know, you know, just don't have any uh, free time, you know, in the evenings. Just have a Scott, open. Scott, I'm sorry. Well, I just want to, I want to clarify something because uh, I recognize by your last name, you've got a big, you got some, uh, you got some Creole roots in you, huh? Very much so, yeah. It's all Creole, both sides of my family. Uh, oh my gosh, we're, we're from Louisiana. Uh, I was born. I was born and raised in New Iberia, Louisiana, and my that's where my mom's family's from, and my dad's family's from St. Landry Parish, which is around Opelousas. If I told you the names of the towns my dad was from, you you would have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. They, well, the, the town that my dad grew up in, literally has a church. Everybody has to go to school the next town over. There's not even a there's not even a school in that little small community, oh, wow. as they put it. But yeah, yeah, uh, moved out here to Houston right at 21 years ago. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, did you know that yesterday was Easter? Yes. yes. <laughs> did you know that yesterday, uh, as of as of recording this podcast, yesterday was also, according to what I learned at the Shell Shack off of Washington and Houston, yesterday was also National Crawfish Day, which I did not know that. So anytime you're uh, celebrating Easter, you should also celebrate with crawfish, apparently. Well, it's, it's, well, what's funny is I remember growing up uh, during Lent, Fridays during uh, the Lenten season were a huge deal. And 
as I got older, I started asking family. I was like, you know, technically you're supposed to fast and sacrifice on the Friday. Why are we boiling <laughs> ten, ten sacks of crawfish and being as gluttonous as possible when we're supposed? Isn't this supposed to be a sacrifice? You're not supposed to look forward to Good Friday. You're supposed to do some kind of penance. What are we doing? Well, you're, you're it's, it's all about how you look at it, man. What, what kind of sacrifice are you making? You know, are we sacrificing for good crawfish? Are we sacrificing for bad crawfish? You know, we just won't eat uh, select. Yeah. We'll just do field runs. Yeah, you, know, you, know, you go from. <laughs> that's fish how you know to Scott's a true. Uh, yeah, that's how you know he's a true. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna say Kunas because I can say that because that's where my, we're. we're uh, you know, uh, we, we're Pates and Fontenot's as well, and and stuff okay. like that. We got family all the way from uh, Lake Charles up through. Uh, up through New Orleans, so okay. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah. So that's why I was just like when, when he said, "Oh, we're having Scott Fontenot." I was like, "Oh, I gotta get some. I gotta, I gotta talk a little bit of, you know." Oh yeah, you, def- little, you definitely got my talk. number on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I can talk Cajun too. I mean, True Blood. That's all I know. True Blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Werewolves and you know you got to know Victor Baby Crowley. Martin. Come on, man. You, Victor Crowley. Yeah, I do know Victor <laughs> Crowley. I mean, I, hey, I was in the fourth movie, so that's what I'm told. <laughs> that's what I'm told. But, oh, well, I, I'm glad both of you had this little good New Orleans or a Louisiana homecoming. Right there. <laughs> anyway, so, so horror movies. Wait, horror but I, movies. I do have to Not say, but before, but, hey, before that, I did to say, Chris does make some good booty and balls. So. Oh, nice, nice. It's a top of the line. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, things, things that you learn in, in your family, you know. I mean, of course, you got to learn how to do booty and first and then booty and balls come after that. But, yeah, either yeah. way, you know. Yeah, it's a process. I want to do a fish fry. Uh, yeah, I told I, I've told my friends that uh, my family used to do a big fish fry. Uh, we'd have like three eight foot tables just lined out with just pans full of fish and shrimp and French fries and hush puppies and stuff. Uh, uh-huh. uh, I'm going to be looking to do that in the near future. So maybe I'll have to invite you out for that. Wait, you know, I used to do. Uh, I was a chef on a cruise ship long, long, long time ago, and uh, I did that for a while. And actually, I did. I had a small catering company when I first moved out here called Creole's Authentic Louisiana Cooking, and I sold prepackaged gumbo. And I, I was at that time, I was a ringer for gumbo cookoffs. People would like call me up, say, "Hey, we need you on our team." <laughs> so I was. It, it was a lot of fun. I, I miss cooking for large groups. I don't do it nearly as much as I used to, but. Uh, my, my, luckily, my kids don't mind leftovers, so I can still cook large amounts of food like I used to be used to, and it doesn't go to waste. But yeah, I, got, oh, men man. from South Louisiana love to cook. We love to eat, so you got to learn how to cook to make sure you don't go hungry. Uh, you're telling me, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron was betting on some horror talk on this podcast. He's gonna he's gonna name the episode like. Uh, uh, gumbo dumbo or something like that because I want to. Gumbo dumbo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, gonna I'm the blabbermouth of this podcast. I'm the reason why this po- podcast is usually an hour and change because I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call so. this episode Victor Carly Etouffee. So that's. <laughs> I'm call it that. So yeah, let's okay. talk, let's talk some yeah. horror. Let's talk some horror. So everybody <laughs> has. So Scott, everybody has their starting point in horror. Um, there's a movie that got them hooked. And then there's a movie that they always go to. So right. how old do you think you, or how old were you when you watched your first horror movie? And what was it that got you hooked? Uh, I was really, really too young. Uh, my, my, <laughs> I think we all my, were. My dad oh, yeah. passed away when I was nine years old. Oh, and sorry. my uh, my mom never remarried or anything. And we lived in a very, very small town. 
And like our, our local video stores, we didn't have like blockbusters and stuff. We had Wagabag Video and then the video center, which was on the other side of the Wagabag? Wagabag. Wagabag was the one the house. So my mom had gone because she worked all the time. She told the people at the video store and the folks over at uh, at the movie theater, hey, Scott can watch whatever he wants. He wants to go see a rated R movie, just let him in. He wants to oh, wow. rate rated R movies, just let him do it. So I, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, the best horror movies, favorite horror movies, so on and so forth. And my favorite list to give are the top three movies that kind of shape the type of horror fan I am today. Okay. And, uh, and these are mainly the movies where – you know, back then we used to pick movies out by box art and take it home. If we liked yep. it, we'd go back to it constantly. The number one movie that I think I rented more than anything, and my cousin Mark could attest to this, riding our bikes down about every two weeks, we'd each pick out a couple of movies, and Basket Case would end up coming home with me at least twice. <laughs> okay, <now>. okay. <laughs> um, I love I love the movie Basket Case. That, that That's one of my all-time favorite ones. But oh, Basket Case, uh, original TCM, and by far – Friday the 13th part three. And I think Friday the 13th part three, and the reason I kind of picked that one is when I was coming up at like 12, 13 years old, mm -hmm. that's the one that would play on a loop on cable. So yes, I saw that movie so many times over and over and over again <laughs> that it just, uh, th th those kind of gave me my love for slashers. Basket Case just kind of gave me my love for enjoying movies. And then like right after that at number four, I always point out, and I saw this movie way too young also, but this is the movie that kind of uh, gave me more of an appreciation for the actual art of film is Clockwork Orange. I watched Clockwork Orange way too young, but yes. uh, but it was just, it just even as a young child, just watching it and seeing how this evil character towards the end, you become empathetic for him. And it just uh, d directors are amazing. Filmmaking is amazing. Sound is amazing. Uh, there's there's a lot of aspects that you don't get with some of the uh, the more beloved horror movies we enjoy that you get from a movie like Clockwork Orange. Uh, just the a director's ability to to change mood with with just uh, with score with with just just everything. It uh it uh. I, I, I love talking film. <laughs> so it's one of the That's reasons good. I love being involved That's with a good. film festival. Oh, yeah. uh, I'll just start going on. I was about to go on a tangent about uh, just the his, my history of learning score. Started realizing, you know, after years of watching stuff like Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes, mm -hmm. how that music score is how they would actually prepare you for what's coming next for the scene. You know, yeah. a, a music score can increase and decrease heart rates. It uh, it just it lets you know mm -hmm. what's coming up. It can make you elated. It can make you worried that something's going to happen. It uh, it takes a special special director to uh, and, and composer to be able to utilize that properly in a movie. And uh, mm -hmm. I definitely appreciate movies that do it well. Disney's fucking. I'm sorry, I curse a lot on my podcast. It's okay. You, you, can do it. you can do it here. <laughs> penis, 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 vagina, vagina, vagina. We got you. Disney is amazing <laughs> at the utilization of score. If you yes. watch Sleeping Beauty, it's a, uh, it, it's it, it, it's incredible what they're able to do with it. Yeah, definitely. Sure, absolutely. Definitely. And but yeah, so so those movies are the ones. And Poltergeist also is another one. That's why I went up. Well, I met Oliver uh, last year. I got to hang out with him a little bit. We're still friends now. Uh, that was a big deal to me because Poltergeist. It was. That was another one that played on the loop a lot. We watched it a whole lot as kids. I, I can be honest. I've never heard anybody say that one of their favorites or top five has been Basket Case. I've never heard that. <laughs> never heard that. I, I've also I've often heard, you know, after they watch the movie, they're like, oh, that's cool. There's a shirt. I'll go buy that shirt. But I've right. never actually had them specifically name out Basket Case. That's, that's right. great. 
that's that's I, I loved I love the randomness of some of the titles because it's not one of the ones that a lot of people would pick uh right off the bat. You know, you have your Friday right. the 13th, your Halloween's, your nightmares, your you know, all those. People pick one of one of them as part of it. The basket case, that's that very underrated. But oh, very be. much so. And like I said, that, that that's my list of movies that influenced me. Like if you were to ask me what the greatest horror movies ever made was, The Thing 1982 is going to be number one on that list every time. Uh, oh, yeah. To me, that's almost a perfect movie. It, uh, it it's just it incredible what they were able to do that with the practical effects and the feeling of dread the whole time. I mean, that movie, th- th- that movie's not going to have a happy ending. I mean, you could tell from no. the get-go. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a bad time is going to be had by all. And uh, yeah, to, to me, that that's like the greatest horror movie ever made, definitely. And then you that's, know you have your list. Of, said, yeah. You have your list of your favorite vampire movies, favorite werewolf movies. You know, I got a whole bunch of because I've watched so many movies. I mean, I've been oh, watching. You see, you see behind for me, right? Forty yeah. years now, man. It's 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 unreal how many yeah. movies I've seen over my Yeah, you see behind me. What's really these, sad is these are stacks. What's really sad is the movies that I keep going back to. Yeah. <laughs> I got a stack it to watch this high, yet I keep going back to watch it. You know, all these things I've seen a million times. Uh, I, I've I've got a whole shelf of movies I haven't watched yet, and it keeps growing. And then I'm like, you know what? I want to watch Evil Dead Two again. You know what? I want to watch. I want to watch uh, Behind the Mask, R- Leslie Vernon again. <laughs> and they 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 say they're. It's like recently. Um, it's it was a. Uh, uh, thing was deep. Di- no. Um, Shout Factory had a sale on for Roger Corman. They had the Roger Corman birthday sale. And I, you know, I got like eight DVDs because, you know, they're on sale. Right. Haven't unwrapped them yet. They're still right. cellophane. Haven't even touched them. So. Well, you know, you, you mentioned Shout Factory and my, my, my newest time waster as of today is today I learned that Shout Factory has a streaming app. Yes, they do. And yes, I, I, I fell into that rabbit hole a little while ago. And actually, right before we started, I just started watching 1981's Night Riders. I don't know if you remember that movie. I remember it. Night Riders, uh, directed by George <laughs> Romero, starring Tom Savini, yep. Ed Harris, Ken Foray. It, it's it's just this campy movie about a traveling Renaissance fest where they uh, – they joust on dirt bikes. It's yep. uh, it's awesome, man. I was gonna say, I, 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 in my mind's eye, I was seeing motorcycles. I think I've seen the movie a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I saw it a long time ago. But oh, wow. yeah, so they, they 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 have a ton of these movies that I've already seen a million times, and I'm probably gonna deep dive in for the next few days. And <laughs> well, awesome. a f- well, a few years ago, I went to Texas Frightmare, and Charles Band's always there. He's always there, mm-hmm. and he's always pitching his um his uh, Full Moon streaming service, streaming app for Full Moon, and I keep telling him. Like, cause, cause I would, I would harass this guy on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter. So dude, make it Xbox and PlayStation accessible. That way people can download the app and use it. Finally, he comes out and says, I did it. I finally did it. I go and try to download the app. It's not serviced by Xbox or PlayStation. Really? So that, so then finally Texas Framer comes back again and he's doing this deal. Hey, sign up for my service. Uh, for one month free, you get you'll get a uh, you'll get uh, six DVDs free. I'm like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. Six DVDs, that's fine. Sign up for it. I watched all the stuff I wanted to watch through my computer. I forgot to cancel it. Forgot to cancel it. <laughs> Two months later, I go back to Xbox. It's working. I downloaded. I log in, and what I didn't know is that they had all the Blue Underground stuff, like all the uh-huh. Grindhouse, all the the New York yeah. low budget stuff, the New York Ripper. All that stuff's on there. And I'm like, holy crap. When did this happen? 
Oh yeah, he's got a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, and then he's got like the old like '90s like straight to DVD action movies with like Buffy. Oh, the Andy Sedaris, all the Andy Sedaris stuff. Yeah, yeah, Sedaris stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is worth this. This is worth the five bucks a year. (laughs) This is worth it. And then what ended up happening was, uh, I I had I canceled my subscription by accident. I accidentally clicked the cancel button on the thing, and then I go to the website like a two two days later and like, hey. If you subscribe to our service, we'll send you the Puppet Master Blu-ray box set for free. Oh, if you wow. subscribe. Yes. Nice. <laughs> so I got I got the $150 box set for free. It's a nice paying, box set too. For paying $36 a year for a full moon. Right. It's a nice box set too. It, yeah, it's uh, a it, nice it's box a, set. Yeah. So it's some good classic movies on the streaming service itself. They, they have some really good, just goofy, goofball shit. Yeah, man. It, uh... they have a lot of, yeah, the Sidera stuff is, I mean, I, I watched like, uh, was it something in uh, Conflict in Dallas, Guns. I watched like three or four, I watched three or four of those stupid movies. And they're right. all like with Julie Strain. And it's just, yeah, <laughs> so, so cheesy. And then uh, he's doing a new thing now. If you, uh, if you buy the year subscription, you get uh, the Evil Bong uh, box set. If you, do, okay. if you do it now, so okay. <laughs> if, you're, yeah, if you're interested in it, you get that. But still, I mean, uh, some of the stuff titles you have on there is is so ridiculous. I prefer so, Ginger Dead Man myself to Evil <laughs> Bong, but that's just me. It's oh, just, oh, Busey, Busey kills it with that one. Oh, here's the thing: they eventually have a kid. The Evil Bong and the Ginger Dead Man have a kid. Yes, yeah. Oh, Ouija, the Ouija. Oh, God. <laughs> It, it, get, it gets it gets so silly, it but, it's so silly. but it's fun but it's fun that's the thing I, I tell people there's so many gatekeepers in horror now and yeah. I, I keep telling people you know a movie doesn't have to be oscar worthy or you know a, as long as you're having fun i, I see yeah. a lot of really crap movies that i will say are terrible oh but yeah there's actually a lot of them that people hate that i just zombievers was one of the funnest movies i've ever I watched love in my life I, and people I hate love it Zombievers. oh it was a uh, black sheep I'm that new zealand film. oh yeah i've seen black that sheep. movie is incredible man but it's fun you know it's goofy it's not supposed to be a an award-winning film or a, <laughs> it's not something it's that's, not. That, that, that is groundbreaking and changes the genre it's just a fun movie it's, it, and yeah. what kills me is the people that complain about movies like that the most. I always <laughs> always ask them, "What did you think of Army of Darkness?" Because I promise you, Army of Darkness is not scary, and it's not even the no. best of the Evil Dead franchise. But no. you guys hold it up so high because of well, uh, Bruce Campbell. It's it's comedy. It's a comedy. Yeah, I, exactly, exactly. I look at it as a comedy. So. Um, it's got a lot of one-liners. It's got a oh, lot yeah. of. Oh, action. it's a classic movie. Yeah, just incredible movie. I prefer but it's not part horror. two, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, well uh, what did you think of the remake, the Evil Dead remake? The Evil Dead remake, it was good actually. I, I didn't mind it at all. It, it wasn't a bad job they did with that. Mm-hmm. It, um, it, it didn't. To me, it didn't take away from the original. So. Okay, that's good. I, I, yeah. it's. I, I people, didn't mind that one at all. I know when people ask me to rank the Evil Dead movies, it's kind of hard because they're all good. They're all good yeah. in their own way, and it's difficult. Right. But yeah, the remake I thought was good, and uh, I, I can't choose sometimes. But uh, but I'll, but I will usually pick part two to watch just because part two is my favorite one. Part which yeah. technically the the original remake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Part part two is definitely my favorite one out of all of them. It definitely is. It really is. Now, Bruce Campbell, I was talking to somebody last night uh, when I was out. I can't remember who it was, but uh, my favorite Bruce Campbell movie is actually uh, Bubba Hotep. Yes. 
because <laughs> I think he did an incredible job in that one as far as acting. Because a lot of movies that Bruce Campbell are, are, is in is basically Bruce Campbell being a different in a different profession, if that makes yeah. any sense. Similar to what happens with Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, every movie he's in, he's the same dude. He's just doing something different for a job. He's either That's a race true. car driver or he's a bartender. His voice never changes. You know, it's just everything's the same. To me, Bruce Campbell's performance above a hotel was outstanding, man. I mean, it was just, and the whole storyline behind that movie is, <laughs> it's, it's just you. You explain that to somebody that has no idea what you're talking about, and they they, they think you're lying. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's no way they made a movie like that. No, that's what it's about. It's, it's so good. <laughs> and then, uh, well, like for me, I like I like My Name Is Bruce. That one's my favorites. Yes, yeah, because he's playing himself. He's playing right. himself, right. and. Some of the one-liners he tries to say, but they didn't. He realizes that they don't work in the real world. But it, they're still funny <laughs> when they fail. They're still funny when they fail. Like uh, awesome. I think the, the best one is like when the guy in the wheelchair comes up to you and goes, "Hey, are you Bruce?" He's like, "Yeah." Hey, have you ever seen that show Rawhide? Keep rolling and kicks them all away. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> it just, it's Bruce. It, it's it's so good. Ah, it just. I, I can talk horror movies all the time. It's, oh, yeah. I, I can never, I can never not talk about it. And the gatekeepers, uh, it's uh, toxic fandom, man. To, very toxic people. Very toxic people. You, you, and you I think a lot of it. it, a lot of it has to do with social media and people just feeling yeah. as though they need to have an edgy opinion. Because you know, I used to, uh, I used to always uh, relish in the fact that the horror community didn't have as much toxicity as like the comic fandom and some of these other groups. Yeah, and uh, this it's definitely growing nowadays. And I think, like I said, a lot of it has to do just everybody wants to have an opinion on social media. There's so many groups and so many pages, and yeah, there's so much interaction now out there that you just you see it a lot more. Well, yeah, that and and that you know you also have people who who want to just one up the previous yeah. person who comments, and it's and that's just causes the toxic fandom. And I think the biggest example of it I uh, that I saw uh, was whenever the Black Christmas remake came out. Because you had the people who were like, it's either love it or you're this, or if you hate it, then you're this, and it just became a big thing. I haven't seen the movie yet because I just have no interest. Right. But uh, that when that movie came out, a lot of hate came out of came out of the right. horror community for that, and uh, it, it was it was difficult to try to find, you know, a topic that didn't like revert back to that movie whenever it right. came out. But. Other than that, I mean, usually the horror community is pretty good. They, they usually do oh, come yeah. together. They, they're, mm-hmm. they're always supportive, and they usually come together. Uh, I know a big example is Drew Marvick, indie director and indie actor. Yeah. Uh, if you ever met the guy, he is a big. Yeah, hey, I know Drew. He's oh yeah, I know Drew. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he had uh, our June show last year about a week before. Uh, we got, I got a message, and he, he was like, "Hey, you mind if I get a table over at the show?" And honestly, <laughs> I didn't have room for him, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll make something work. Just come on down." So him and his daughter came down and stuff, and uh, spent the weekend for the June show. I had him set up in a little booth and stuff. Hoping he comes down again this year. We'll see what happens with it. But yeah, Drew's a great guy. Drew's hey, a really, really nice guy. So cool guy. He he looks like a giant lumberjack from hell. Yeah, <laughs> bloody pictures and everything. <laughs> uh, super nice guy, and uh, he, and uh, I, I love supporting his uh, his Indiegogo or his indie uh, uh, movies to donate mm-hmm. to his uh, Kickstarter and stuff. So he's he's a great guy. Oh yeah. But let's talk some Houston Horror Fest. Okay. Let's talk some. Let's talk some about that. So, you, like before the show, you were saying you're one of the the, okay. the Trinity. So a, a little history behind how yes. everything started with. Uh, Explain the history. 
the Houston Horror events and Houston Horror Film Festival. So, as, as you may remember, I've been doing the Scary Dad podcast for years. Yep. And uh, me and Billy started doing the Scary Dad Haunted Halloween show, which was just a vendor show that we were doing every year. Mm-hmm. And prior to our uh, fourth event, we uh, I noticed that Tony and Troy were promoting their Houston Horror Film Festival. And uh, I didn't know them very well, so we went ahead. We wanted to go ahead and maybe do some cross-promotion. So I got in touch with them and said, hey, why don't we do a podcast interview? We'll give you guys a booth at our show so you can promote your deal. And we can go ahead and help each other out a little bit. So they came over for an, uh, for an interview on the podcast. And we just, mm-hmm. horror fans, we all hit it off. I mean, Tony and Troy are by far two of my best friends now. We, uh, we, we me and me and me and Tony talk constantly all day just about horror and events and the things that we're doing and everything. Uh, Troy moved to Illinois temporarily, but he's going to be back oh, here. Wow. Uh, he's a school teacher. He took a position in Illinois, but he's going to okay. be back here uh, at the end of the semester. He's moving back to Houston. So uh, okay. Troy is the person that originally came up with the idea for the film festival. He is a, uh, a writer, director from Houston, well, that lives in Houston. Uh, Mrs. Claus, also known as Stirring. You may have heard of he's done. He's done teacher shortage. He's have a, and he's actually going to be working on Mrs. Claus part two here pretty soon. Uh, so he, he's, he's, he's been making films for a long time and he had got with Tony and said, Hey, I want to do a film festival. Will you help me out? Uh, Tony is more on the guests and celebrity side. Tony, okay. uh, Tony is, Tony's very well, very well known in the social media world. The dude knows everybody. It is, it is ridiculous. how many we, uh, we went to, uh, the princess goes to the butterfly garden concert last night. And uh, we decided we, we we decided we wanted to try to you know meet up with Michael C. Hall after the show and everything. And and mm-hmm. Tony just has a way. Next thing I know, he's like the only person able to actually get an autograph for, from him after the show because he knew where to hide out. He knew who to talk. To. He knew every sign to look for as far as what door. It was the funniest thing. But anyway, he uh, so he's very well connected with uh, with all the agents and the reps and everything. So they were going to set up their show. They came over and did the last uh, Scary Dad uh, event that we uh, we had done before COVID, and okay. then then COVID hit, and uh, the Houston Horror Film Festival had to get canceled, and it was uh, ended up being just virtual, just the film festival itself. So me and Tony and Troy, we just kept talking and everything, and you know, I said, look. I want to help you guys out because they had never actually done a show before. I had been yeah. working for Comic Palooza for several years, and I had already been doing my own vendor market. So uh, the hotel, of course, we had to cancel the show. And we were just waiting for things to get back to normal. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we had never done an event before ever. The original film festival, we were planning on about 500 people coming over, you know, maybe 20 or 30 vendors. That was going to be it. Yeah. So. Yeah. That October of 2020, uh, the hotel gives us a call and says, hey, we really need some work. You know, there's no events going on. We'll give you the entire grand ballroom for the price of one section of it, as long as you just like limit capacity for COVID. So Tony's Tony's like, hey, we can get the entire ballroom for 500 bucks. You know, let's go ahead and do something. <laughs> Holy shit. So, wow. So that, that was our first Houston horror pop-up market that we did. And that particular one, I'm trying to remember, that one was our, we brought Aria Lemon down, we brought Andrew Bernoski down. Yep. Uh, uh, Sandy Johnson came down from the original Halloween. Miko Hughes came down from uh, mm-hmm. uh, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And it was one of the guests, I can't remember who the other guest was. Yeah, I think so you we, have Daniel Harris and Taylor uh, Scout. 
Well, that, that was in June. That, that, that was, was, that okay. was the big show. That was in June. Okay. So we did this first little itty bitty pop-up market. We had about 250 people came out. It was, it was a blast. Everybody had fun. The guests had a blast. Uh, and the guests were sort of getting out a little bit. So that was in October. Hotel contacted us again, said, hey, you guys want to do another one of those events this January? So we're like, all right, cool. So we did the one in January. Actually, the one in January is where we brought uh, Ari in. So yeah. Ari came down for the one in January. Uh, we were supposed to have Patty, but she had to cancel. We had Felissa came down. Let's see, Dave Sheridan came down. Amelia Kincaid. I'm looking at my posters on the wall. <laughs> Just so you know, so, uh, and Amelia Kincaid came down. And uh, that one, we had about 400, 500 people show up. Okay. So we were slowly building momentum and everything. And uh, we were talking one day and we said, hey, you know, we got a limit capacity inside. Let's see if we can find an outdoor venue to do an event at. So we found a brewery up in uh, Spring called Fortress Beer Works. Yes. And it's, uh, it was co-owned by uh, Jay Mazur, author. Uh, the author. Mazur, yeah. Yes. And uh, so we got with her. We said, hey, you think you guys would want to do one of these pop-up markets over there? So we set one up over there. And that one we had Linnea, uh, Tom Matthews, Bob Elmore. Judy Aronson and Paul Taylor was at that one. Uh, all of a sudden, over a thousand people showed up for a single day market at a brewery and things just kind of blew up. So now it's March. Our uh, rescheduled June show is coming up. Now, granted, it's still coming up in the same hotel we we're planning on 500 people in. Uh -huh. So <laughs> we start selling tickets, start working everything. Next thing you know, June pops up, our big show. You know, we got Byling, we got Danielle, we got Scout, we got, you know, yeah. uh, we got all these people there and 4,000 people showed up over the course of the weekend. Ooh. It was absolutely insane. There was no parking. It was, it was, it was just nuts. What was funny is there was no parking. We had no more room inside for anything. Our VIP party was under a tent in the parking lot in the back <laughs> of the hotel because we didn't have any more space inside to do anything. And, uh, the wow. show just, it just, it, everything just blew up from there, man. It, it was unreal how fast. Houston had been waiting for something like this for so long. Yes. And I think because mm -hmm. we were able to start so small, by the time we got to our fourth event, just the following that we had grown and everything, and uh, just, we, we, we do it because we love it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we make sure everybody has a good time, no matter who they are, attendees, guests, vendors. We, we try yep. to make sure everyone is well taken care of. Uh, and so since that June event, we've done two other pop-up markets. Both of them had over 2,000 of those. Uh, we did one at Wildcatters and Katy, which will be back over there again uh, for Halloween. Okay. And then we did one at Raven Tower, uh, downtown Houston. Uh, That's awesome. Oh yeah, it's it's been in, in the, uh, next week. We have our uh, this coming Saturday. We got our signature series event coming with Bob Elmore coming back down and Misfit Toys, mm -hmm. which we're gonna stop. We're gonna try doing those once a month where we bring just one guest down just to do a little autograph signing thing at uh, either Misfit Toys or another like local uh, collectible shop. Uh, but our July show right now is looking like it's gonna be about 120 vendors and about 6,000 people over the course of the weekend. So. Wow, that's wow, that is incredible. Yeah. That that, and that, just, that incredible. just an example of just how it's almost like a movement we movement we've been doing. Like Danielle and Scout are coming again for the show in July. Mm -hmm. they, they called they called us, said, Hey, <laughs> you, you guys mind if we come down? We, we'll take care of our travel arrangements and everything ourselves. So we're like, Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we are not gonna turn you down at all. Danielle Danielle's a sweetheart. She's uh, she's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, she she she's super nice. I, I've uh Passing met her once, like pa uh -huh. and passing met her once. Uh, that's as far as it got with that. Right. But yeah, she. But yeah, she is definitely super nice. Uh, but yeah, wow. 
that's, that's her, really po- her podcast is blowing up and she's actually going to be doing a live uh, podcast at the event the saturday night so that's cool man yeah that's pretty awesome that's i mean <clears throat> wow six thousand guests over the course of the weekend that's that's amazing that, that, that's, oh, we're that, in a much bigger really venue good. now we're in a venue that's made for conventions now so <laughs> it's, it's going to be a Definitely going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, I see. I wish Texas Rightman would listen to that instead of keep it in <laughs> the basement of, of the Hyatt. So you know, open those ears, move to a bigger location. You know, it's it's hard to, you know, slide across from somebody down an aisle in the sea of uh, BO and DVDs and books. And just black T-shirts. I remember uh, one year I was at Frightmare and I was trying to find Billy. And uh, you know how you get in the foyer before the the, yes. the, the rooms open up, and it's yeah. just it's just a sea of black T-shirts. And I'm trying to find Billy, and I look at this guy next to me, and I said, "I'm looking for a white guy in a black T-shirt. How easy you think it's gonna be to find that cat around here?" And it's just. <laughs> but but the, what I love about Frightmare is like right after I say that, all of a sudden I see like just like the Red Sea, the crowd just starting to part. Yeah. And I look over and there's Matt Lillard walking through the crowd, high five and everybody before the show started. <laughs> I love those kind of things that happen. At, that's why we love doing hotel shows. Yeah. Uh, we we, uh, we looked at moving to an actual convention center, Stafford mm-hmm. Convention Center. But just the the, uh, the atmosphere you get when everybody's staying at the same hotel where the events are occurring. Yep. You can't beat it, man. It's absolutely yeah. it's, it's amazing how uh, how different it is. Yeah, it's definitely a fun uh, experience to do that. Uh, I know. Whenever I went to uh, Texas Rumber one time, I just we just got in. Me and a friend just got in. We're about to go upstairs to check into our rooms. We get in the elevator to go up, and uh, we're in the elevator. We, we we just kind of bum rush the elevator. Get in. Didn't really look behind us. So then I turned to the side. And I'm like, I was like, it's like, dude, I can't wait to get to my room to get a beer. As I turned to look at my uh, my friend, in the corner in the back of the elevator was Kane Hodder. Mm-hmm. That's pretty and. Cool. This, this guy, he—he's a big guy. He—he—he's oh, yeah, a big guy. Yeah. And I'm like, and I—I I go, holy crap, that's Kane Hodder. And he goes, yeah, it's me. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, okay. Uh, I was like, hey, uh, what floor are you going to, Kane? He goes, what, what floor's the gym on? Uh, the sixth floor? I don't know. He goes, well, don't press all the buttons. I don't want to be. I don't want to be trapped in here. <laughs> So it's like awesome. we, so we press our we press our room button, you know, or the the floor that we're both on, and uh, we we get off we get off. He's like, "It's nice meeting you two nerds." And then he pushes, <laughs> and, then he clo- and then he closes the door. And then he closes the door. On us. <laughs> it's Kane Hodder, dude. He is a trip, man. Yeah, I have a funny story about him, dude. Kane Hodder was at a show in Dallas, and I went with an old high school friend of mine. Uh, I was just she wanted me to come visit and go to the show. It was a like comic con, and uh, she didn't know he was going to be there. So we're walking around. And she sees him. She goes, looking at, looking at his banner. She's like, "Is that Jason?" I was like, "Well, he's one of them, but he's the most, you know, renowned one." You know, uh, she's like, "Oh, you think I can meet him?" I was like, "I'm sure he'd love to take a picture with you." I mean, I'm sure he's, you know, whatever he's charging, go check it out. She's all nervous. I was like, "No, oh, go check it out, check it out." Anyway, fast forward 20 minutes later, he's already taking a picture with her. She's sitting on his lap. He's trying to hit on her. You know, he's doing everything he can, and. Uh, she kept resisting him, and she comes back. She's like, "He's staying at this hotel, this room." I was like, "Oh man!" I was like, <laughs> Clap them cheeks. Look out. This is hey, kind of funny. You sure she wasn't at? You sure she wasn't at Tom Savini's booth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Tom Savini dressed as Kane Hodder. He's like, you know what? it's really it's me, Savini Love Gun. 
And I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we we've mentioned Texas Frightmare a couple of times, and I just gotta mm-hmm. say, if if it wasn't for Texas Frightmare weekend, the Houston Horror Film Festival probably wouldn't be happening. Because that's how most of us met originally. Okay. Uh, sure. Just going, because we're all part of that Texas Frightmare family. Yeah. And what's Law, what Lloyd has done with Texas Frightmare is just, it, it's such an amazing thing. I remember the first time I went to a Texas Frightmare, after I got home, it took three days to like come down from the high from it. Yes. Because it was just, you know, I had never <laughs> been to a horror convention before. I've been a horror fan forever. I've been a horror nerd for a long time. And for years, I just kind of, I didn't know there were others like us. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, just kind of kept to myself and everything. And uh, when I finally discovered Texas Frightmare and I went and, you know, uh, Billy says this all the time. It's, it's like you go into Texas Frightmare and there's blood and there's scary stuff and there's monsters. And then there's all these people walking around with heart bubbles above their head because they're just they can't get the smiles off their faces because it's, it's like they're mm-hmm. in a candy store. It's true. And, uh, and it's just it, it's. I'm not going to say we wanted to replicate that, but we wanted to, you know, keep it going. So mm-hmm. we why once a year? Let's go ahead and do something in Houston, too, that uh, yeah, that we can have awesome. fun with and build it. Because, I mean, we got four million people out here. There's got to be a few horror fans, you would think. Right. There's got to be a few. Right? <laughs> well, here, here's the question. When you go to Texas Frightmare, what do you hit up first? Do you hit up the movies, the shirts, or celebrities? Uh, I would say the, the movies. The movies? the movies and the shirts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. The celebrities I usually wait on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, like with uh, my biggest get at Frightmare, in my opinion, was Clive Barker the first year he went. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I am a huge Clive Barker fan, just from reading his books back when I was in high school. And uh, there were there were like stories about how horrible the lines were. People were waiting like seven or eight hours <laughs> just to get an autograph from Clive. Yep. And I was like, I'm not going to sit in the line for seven or eight hours. And then he got sick. He had like uh he, oh, no. he had like flu like symptoms. Oh so uh they were like, You better go today, otherwise you're not gonna be able to meet him. I was like, uh, I'm not gonna wait in the line for seven hours. So the uh that Sunday morning I got up early. <laughs> and I remember that's the morning that I met Boom. I met uh Alex Boom Beatty. <laughs> and uh we were number three and four in line. And oh, I literally nice. as soon as it opened up, it took me twenty minutes and then I went and enjoyed the rest of my day. It was uh, it was pretty awesome. Nice. See, so, yeah, I, I usually wait for the celebrity stuff, except for a couple of them. I remember uh when uh, the last year Steve da- uh, Dash was there right before he passed away. Yes. I had him yeah. sign. I had a uh got a custom little G.I. Joe uh, potato sack Jason. Yeah. That I wanted to have him sign. I had him sign that one. That, like I immediately went straight to him just to go ahead and get that out the way. Because I think that was the year they had seven of the Jason Voorhees uh, yes. actors there. Yeah, they had. Yeah, they had. Yeah, they had seven of them. And, well, yeah. eight. If, well, yeah, no, seven if you include Ari. Uh, yeah. Is that the one that we went to, Ryan? Yes, that was the one we went to. That, that's the first time I'd ever been. Because uh, uh, I just you know never had a chance to go because honestly usually i do cons and i usually do shows in my art capacity so i never had time to go to other shows or anything like that and so usually the end usually text fragments on free comic book day weekend so we went and i remember being all these jasons lined up and then uh Mm -hmm. uh bob um drive-in no, no, no. Uh, oh, Joe Bob. Joe Bob. Joe Bob Riggs was on the other side with uh, the male girl and Darcy. Darcy, yeah. It was just, it was mind blowing, man. I, I, I like you. I was just dumbfounded by how, how cool it was and how much cool shit was there. Um, I that was Ted Raimi or Sam, Sam Raimi, right? Was there also? It, yeah, that was one with Sam Raimi that went. I really wanted to get my, uh, and it sounds stupid, I guess, but like I wanted my Spider-Man DVD 
book, you know, uh, cover inside the thing autographed, but it would have been an all day process. Like it would have been, I didn't want to yeah. go just for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The line for him was way too, the line for him was way too long. I mean, and Brammy signed a ton of autographs, but you paid, you paid in time. You paid in that time frame to, to get those autographs. Yeah. Uh, and, and luckily we're during the, during that week and we were able to kind of get some, uh, vendor passes. So we were able to kind of sneak in and oh, out of the cool. vendor hall to try to kill some time. <laughs> right. And uh, we used those to our advantage getting to Mondo prints. Uh, oh, nice. Day. Yeah. To get those. And then we used them to get into the, to get into the, the dealer hall early to talk to some people like a uh, t-shirt Joe. He, he's uh, I love Joe. Joe's awesome. Uh, Joe and Tom, God, if, if you've <laughs> ever been to one of our events, it, it, it's so funny because by two, three o'clock, the buzz is going pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and as I walk around the show, you'll hear uh, first Joe will holler uh, scary daddy and then Tom will holler Scott and they will yell that from across the, uh, the hall. <laughs> and, uh, I'll, I'll get on the mic trying to do giveaways and raffles. And the whole time I'm just being heckled by Tom. Tom just, he does it. I love that. I love Tom and Joe so much, man. Uh, Joe they, is uh, awesome. They're a big part of our shows. They, uh, yeah. If, you, if you haven't been, Joe looks like a little Hispanic Ronnie James Dio. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He looks just like him, and he—he he, he, all he ever does is wear cut-off sleeve shirts. That's it. That's I, it. I don't think he's ever worn a T-shirt with sleeves on it. Uh, but he's so cool. Uh, He—he's at almost every Texas horror or even comic book themed event. There's one time he showed up to. There's one time he showed up to a, a toy show at a brewery. He just really? set up shop and selling T-shirts. It's like, dude, what are you doing? He goes, uh, I was—I wasn't busy this weekend. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Get where you can, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. Great to see you, Joe. Oh yeah, man, cool. Yeah, I love hanging out with them. They got some great takes on uh on movies and, and, <laughs> and just life in general. Uh, I just love hanging out with Tom and Joe. Well, Couple I mean, really Joe, Joe has all those really cool shirts that I wish I yeah. could be as half of creative as he is. I mean, Creature from the Black Saloon, and it has the one. creature as like the girl man wearing like a, a cowboy hat and a vest. Uh, oh, so many just really funny things that he does, and it's just oh, yeah. Such a good guy. Such a good guy. I, I want to have him on the show eventually just to talk shirts because <laughs> I own, like, I'm pretty sure I own like several of them. I, I lost right. count. <laughs> I lost count. Yes, no, I'm just trying to remember. Uh, literally just had a message. I, I love my t shirts and I just had a message from uh, Fright uh, Deep Cuts about a shirt that I ordered. I didn't even remember I ordered it. I was <laughs> What shirt are you guys sending again? It's a uh, it's a Sam Neil shirt from uh, In the Mouth of Madness. So I've been looking for one from Deep Cuts for a while. They've been out of my size for a while, and I finally got one. So that's awesome. Another but, another very underrated movie, by the way. In the Mouth of Madness is incredible. Yes, it is a great. great oh yeah, film. man. Very much so. I, I to me, In the Mouth of Madness is what if uh, so made an autobiography on Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then you, yeah, you, he'd have that movie. Yeah. That's pretty much it. All they needed was a Dean Koontz reference, and it'd be perfect. (laughs) (laughs) There's another one. uh, Sam Neill, another one of my favorite movies. Sam Neill's like one of my bucket list guests to have one day. I mean, just to have him show up at a convention would be just incredible. But uh, Event Horizon is by far my number one sci-fi horror movie. 
with aliens being number two but uh oh yeah event horizon i think is another movie that mm-hmm. the problem that they did with event horizon is they when they marketed it originally before release they made people think it was going to be a science fiction movie yeah they did mm-hmm. just they a did, straight dude. space movie star trek star <laughs> wars fans come on out and it is not what it was it's a haunted house movie i mean it's yeah. uh it, it, it's yeah. a really really great yeah film. i didn't see it in theaters i was like this looked dumb mm. and then <laughs> i was i was shocked and i was like oh shit okay like well, yeah I they the, missed the boat on that one yeah well i know the game dead space was the event yeah. horizon was the inspiration for that game yeah so i mean that makes sense yeah it makes that's a that's a crazy ass game too. If you ever played that one, that's yeah. My, my uh, I haven't played it, but my kids have played it, and uh, they 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 made me come check it out. They go, hey, this is just like that movie you made us watch. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, so, my kids hey, get forced to do, a lot of movies. Hey, the best games do that. Uh, have have you ever had a chance to play the Friday Thirteenth video game? No, I've just I've only seen the run throughs and everything online. Uh, but I've never had a chance to play it. It, it. it was so much fun. Uh, we we had some uh, FRN game nights where we played it. And uh, Christopher would do a Hank Hill voice whenever he was chasing. And I so, would, man. It and was, so, it was, uh, some, it was some fun. The, the funniest thing, the funniest thing is that usually you would hear the theme song playing when the Jason's approaching, but right. no, no. In our case, you'd hear, "Oh, what the hill is going on over here?" Yeah. No, I, he's coming up on the hill. Yeah, like I'm walking around with Jason. <laughs> like you walk up on the campsite, there's like tents and shit, and I'm like, <laughs> "No, uh, okay, bear with me here. <clears throat> I haven't prepped. All right." <laughs> These boys done put down money on a deposit, and I told them no beer cans, and all I see are beer cans. There better better not be no premarital sexual relations inside these here tents. (laughs) (laughs) I see one of them like, I see one of them like jump through a window. I'm like, whoa. Or, or like whenever you step in the trap, later bird. Oh yeah, <laughs> Whoa, later bird. You, you're going to regret when I get a hold of you, boy. Yeah, that's awesome. We need to do that again, man. Just that shit. That is very cool. You nailed it. <laughs> well, yeah, well, the, the the game looks like it actually uh, does a really good job just with suspense and like keeping you on your oh, toes. Oh, it definitely does. Oh, it was. The music was even because it had the yes. same sound effects and the same score. From the yep. movies, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, this they, they're like starting to shut the servers down, so you can't really play it anymore. Okay. But Evil Dead the video game is coming out, which is pretty yeah. much almost the same, which will okay. be the same. So uh, I'm excited to play that because I've besides you can play as Ash and you know a Kelly and uh, oh what the what the, the the other third sidekick, uh, all the sidekicks from like you know the movies like King Arthur's in there, Eric the Red. Okay. Uh, Bobby Joe, uh, uh, Sarah, all of them are in there. Um, Ash's dad is going to be one of the playable characters. Oh, very cool. <laughs> oh, wow. and, and and I loved him in Ash versus Evil. Ash yeah, versus the yeah. Evil Dead. He was so hilarious. So uh, I can't wait to play as Ash's dad <laughs> uh, to help out his son uh, conquer the Deadites. Uh, so. <laughs> That whole Evil Dead franchise is awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed the series that it came out on Stars. The uh, special effects were great. It was a it was, that was a, oh, that was was a so fun good. series. Oh, it was so a much lot fun. Of fun. And then and then when Lucy Lawless joined the cast, I, I, yeah. I was like, yes, that's that's so great, uh, so great. But yeah, can't wait for that game. That's supposed to come out the next few. No, that got pushed back. Uh, I want to say midsummer now. That's supposed to come out midsummer because originally it was supposed to come out next month. But they pushed it back because of uh, they're not done with it yet. 
But then they announced the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, which is also going to be like the Friday yeah. 13th game yeah. as well. So what? you're getting you're getting the horror explosion of games now that are made by horror fans and not just, you know, companies looking to do a quick reskin of an old game to make a quick buck. Horror's popular again. And, and you know, I hate I hate seeing that because the uh, <clears throat> the uh, major studios always treat genres like the, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the current big trend. And then they forget about it. <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. until they start seeing they're losing money again, and they try to take it over again, and that's when you end up getting a you know just a flurry of remakes and and just rehashes of all kind of shit you don't want to see anymore. And one of the reasons, another reason why we love doing the film festival is independent mm-hmm. film with horror movies has always been huge. I mean, so some of the yeah. biggest horror movies were independent films. They were, and, uh, mm-hmm. and just because it gives you, unfortunately, when you start getting the major studios, you get. You get bound by what they want you to put out. And, and there's so many examples of, you know, major directors putting out a movie that, you know, they did some awesome work independently. And as soon as the studio takes it over, even though they took over a franchise because of how well it was doing, you want to go ahead and change the formula <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> to change it yeah. into something else. And, so uh, and I just I, I, I like I like seeing it because it brings horror back to the forefront. But at the same time, I'm real cautious when I see the major studios starting to push <laughs> horror big because yeah. you know what you know what's going to end up coming, and then they're going to forget about it. They're just going to drop it to the side again until the next big thing. That that is true. That that is very true. But and but at the same time, you also got new companies coming out like A24. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who are doing A24 has been killing it, man. They've been doing some crazy stuff, mm-hmm. and they've been doing some memorable stuff. And I remember, okay, so, like, I remember Hereditary. Mm-hmm. wasn't big wasn't a, I wasn't a big fan of Hereditary. I saw it. I'm like, okay, I get it. Not my thing. Not my thing. Then I saw Midsummer. I thought this is great. This is really good. Different, off the wall, good. Right. Uh, what's another? Uh, it follows. Completely mm-hmm. yeah, different. Yeah, that one messed me up too. Yeah. Completely <laughs> different. I'm like, I mean, like, holy crap! This movie is called The Creepy Clap. Or the you know, <laughs> or STD evil, but the booty man. <laughs> but it, uh, it follows us COVID before COVID. So, <laughs> but I mean, you know, like, like they're just doing this crazy stuff that's you know that nobody would th- that nobody would think of. It's more artistic, right? Then you have then you have uh, Jordan Peele come out. And Jordan Peele is, a, is he's been doing some great work, man. He's, doing some, he's been doing good stuff. Uh, I'll admit, I liked Get Out. Wasn't a fan of us. Yeah, I was kind of on the fence for us. I liked it, yeah. but Get Out is still the the better I, of the two for sure. The trailer. You know, not that I want to be the Avenger of all things, Jordan Peele, but and I'm not. This not this not an attempt to sway anybody. I just I, I want to tell anybody who hasn't seen us. Uh-huh. Jordan's Jordan Peele's films, and you two probably know this, obviously, but like are really steeped in uh, the uh, black culture. Mm-hmm. And what they face in modern, not only the past, but in modern times of the problems that they're still up against. And like us was really honestly a very heady movie, very heady. Like, so, if, and, and honestly, uh, some of my friends I've known that I've talked to and, you know, who are African-American have said like, you know, you really kind of have to almost have the experience of the living in yeah. the, the life of yeah. an African-American to understand some of the shit you see in these movies. Yeah. Because, it's a deep yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 They're, they're deep. Some of the shit's going to go right over my head. Cause I'm like, What's the problem? That's like, oh well, you don't face this, this, and this. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. I don't. So anyway, but no. So to to your point, Aaron, I understand completely why you <laughs> wouldn't get it. 
I no, also, no, I, it's not that I didn't you know. get it. I just, I just didn't feel that Us was a good follow up for that movie. Oh, the trailer was amazing. The trailer yeah. was for that movie was amazing. I mean, I got five on it to play with the remix. Oh yeah, in the background, yeah. great trailer. Yeah. Awesome. Movie just felt weak compared to Get Out. Right oh, now, his, now his next movie, Candyman, that Candyman sequel, re, uh, legacy sequel, was really well done. It was, it was, was incredible. Yeah. You know, people that hate on that movie, all right, and they're all nostalgic about the original Candyman, I always tell them, you tell me which sequel was better. <laughs> well, there, is not a, there is not a better sequel to Candyman than what George uh, Jordan Pill put out. Well, here's that that movie's great. That movie's such a good film. Here's the thing. When people say that they hate it, I'm like, well, what part did you not like it? Oh, it doesn't have Tony Todd. Tony Todd. It's like, no, watch the movie. You'll get it. You'll understand why. He's, he's in it, but you have right. to watch it. Because it's a legacy. It, it's if you saw part three, the ending of part three, it makes perfect sense for this movie. It's a great gateway into this movie. Right. So yeah, I mm-hmm. thought Candyman was a great. The, re, the new one was a great movie. Oh, it was incredible. You know, we got Michael yes. Hargrove coming down for uh, in July. I saw that. He, yeah, yeah. He's a super nice guy, man. He uh, he honestly has when we first got him uh, and got him signed and everything as a client mm-hmm. and stuff. He uh. He honestly had no idea people would want his autograph. And I'm like, you don't know horror fans. (laughs) You don't know horror fans. Horror fans are absolute complete. When Sandy Johnson came down, we did an interview with her. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever heard the story about how Sandy Johnson ended up coming back into the limelight and stuff. But Mm -hmm. she had made – she had her 52nd part in the original Halloween movie. And then yeah. she had two other uh, kind of B movies she did in the late 70s, very early 80s. Yeah. And she disappeared. She it was a bad experience. There's certain things she doesn't like talking about that happened back then. Mm-hmm. And she just left Hollywood and moved out to the, the mountains of Washington State. Wow. Never to be heard from. Wow. Again. Never wow. to be heard from again. Wow. So uh, I'm trying to remember the agent's name. He uh, he reps uh, Feruza and a few other people. He was at Comic Palooza last year, as a matter of fact. Sean Clark? No, not Sean. Not Sean. Uh, Zach? Oh, okay. I know Zach. I, I know who Zach is. I think it was Zach. So yeah, he don't Zach, know me, but I know him. Zach has apparently me and him talked about this for a while last year. He uh he had been trying to find her because so many people were asking for her because that was like the only signature a lot of people didn't have on their original Halloween posters. Yeah. So this dude actually went. <clears throat> he figured that she must have changed her name. So he went to her – he got in touch with the uh, the uh, courthouse at her hometown where she was born, Whoa. got all the records of women that were born around the same uh, – that same year in the month of her birthday and, like, went through line by line until he finally tracked down a woman that it probably was in uh, outside of Dallas and gives her a call one day and uh, it's like, is this Sandy Johnson that was in Halloween? And she's like, who the hell is this? <laughs> and uh and whenever she confirmed it was her she said that he just started screaming on the phone just ecstatic that he had finally found her and uh ever wow. since ever since she started doing shows she had no idea anybody wanted to see her i mean she had wow. no clue that's and uh, she, she's been blowing it up i mean she and she loves it she absolutely loves meeting her fans that's awesome uh i know one of our uh, one of our past guests and he's a good friend of mine <clears throat> patrick uh on the halloween kills movie uh, he created the fan group, the lady who brought an iron to fight Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then he was able, and then someone who joined the group was like, Hey, uh, that's my aunt. Let me bring her in. 
that and is cool. The, man. And the actress actually came in too. She's a moderator of the group. She's one of the oh, moderators really? of the group. <laughs> and so, and we, we talked. I've talked to her a few times. She's a super nice lady. Super nice. Um, her 15 minutes are up. <laughs> right, right. Uh, wow. but, but she's super nice. And uh, I know she's done a few comic con- convention appearances because of not only the fan group, but because of the outlandish weapon that she brought in Iron to, <laughs> to fight Michael Myers at the end. As you do, you know. You know, as you do, as you definitely do. Uh, but she has also been getting the con circuit and the, the fandom treatment because of that outlandish character. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's it's <laughs> shit, man. Nothing else works to kill him. Why not bring a goddamn iron? You never know. <laughs> you can starch him, starch him in the eyes. The son of a bitch doesn't die. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it's just like for some people, like this was random actors and actresses that <clears throat> you need for your poster that you need for that, exactly. That, that you want to get that last signature. Yep. You, de- yep. you definitely do. You definitely do. And uh, uh, what was it? I know uh, somebody. I'm, I was talking to somebody in another poster group. Who has a Death Wish poster that he's got autographed, and all he needs to complete his poster is Jeff Goldblum. Oh wow! That's the only one he needs left. He's got he had Charles Bronson, you know, back in the the late '90s. He got he got all the other people that he was able to get a hold of, but all he needs is Jeff Goldblum. And Jeff Goldblum doesn't really do conventions outside of San Diego right. or New York right. or uh, Emerald City. It's a very hard get. Yes, very hard to get. That's a very hard get. So, speaking of conventions, and you, you kind of mentioned Samuel as, as, as your, uh, like one of your white whales. Who's, who's, yeah. like, who's some other white whales that you want to get uh, autographs from or that you're seeking out to attend your show? Well, uh, we're just eventually, uh, hopefully. Uh, the, the other side of that would be Lawrence Fishburne, of course. Okay. Who was, who was also in, uh, in uh, Event Horizon. Yeah. Uh, another big one that we've talked about, you know, p- potentially getting one day, of course, is a. Uh, Lord lose my mind. Jamie Lee Curtis is another big one that we want to eventually oh, get. Oh, yeah. One day. Yep. Uh, even though <laughs> I love Jamie Lee Curtis, I love most of her movies, but totally unpopular opinion. I am not a fan of the Halloween franchise. <laughs> oh. I know it, 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 that drives so wow. many people nuts. Uh, Remember, I, I was doing a podcast. Somebody said, "What's your favorite Halloween movie?" I said, three. Halloween 3 followed by Rob Zombie's Halloween remake those are my top two Halloween movies you just trolling them at that point hey I've got some some friends who would love you for that comment right now I've got some friends who are anti-Halloween anti-Michael Myers all the way Uh, uh, my friends Freddie and Patrick and uh, Rob O'Neill will love that comment because you're anti-Halloween I like the movies only because they're just a part of the horror genre. I enjoy um, the movies. Yeah, I'm just I enjoy not. Them. I'm just not a huge Halloween fan. Uh, I, I yeah, but I, I don't go out search them out to right. watch them. Search them if they're on TV and nothing else is on. I'll watch them. Uh, mainly part three. I'm a big fan of part three as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but I don't go and actively search them out. <clears throat> I, I have the I have the the box set because I'm a completionist. <clears throat> but I don't go search them out. <laughs> right. So. Uh, I, I know that response, and uh, yeah, several friends who are the exact same way with that. John Carpenter uh, strikes me as somebody who would be a real prick if you met him. And like, yeah, you know, when they say don't meet your heroes, like uh, John yeah. Carpenter seems like he's an asshole. <laughs> I 
think I think later in life, John Carpenter probably is. And I actually just got through watching Body Bags a little while ago. Yes, I love Body Bags. Uh, me too. Body I just it, it's on it's on that uh, Shout Factory uh, streaming service. Yeah. <laughs> so when it popped it on earlier, but uh, definitely the third goat guest that me and Tony talk about all the time would be Rob Zombie. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I guess yeah. Okay. That would be a big get for us. I, I'm okay. Here, Rob Zombie, great great musician, uh-huh. great artist, mediocre filmmaker. I would I would say not <laughs> top tier. I wouldn't say mediocre, but I would say definitely not top tier for sure. I'd say mediocre. There's much better. Um, he, he he's he's a. A par novelist. I, I I did read Lords of Salem, and I regret every page I read of it. Uh, again, again, my, my again, again, my joke for Lords of Salem the book is that Lords of Salem is Rob Zombie's love letter to his wife for, requ- <laughs> for requesting a blowjob. And if you read the book, you'll understand why. You understand what it meant, okay? You'll understand why, like, because his wife played the main female lead. The, the description of the evil demonic priest was him and three times in the book she gives him oral satisfaction through dreams <laughs> through dreams and hypnosis so i mean you put three and three together that's that's a love letter right there right so <laughs> that's a love letter uh, as far as his movies i love devil's rejects i love the first halloween remake he did that's about it. <laughs> I, can agree with I, I, I can agree with you on that. Uh, the uh, the whole Devil's Rejects uh, uh, Devil's Rejects uh, franchise, I'll call yeah. it that instead of House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, Devil's Rejects is by far the best of the three films, uh, yes. but it's so much different than House of a Thousand Corpses was torture porn. Yeah, it, it was. was just let's oh, just yeah. try to shock the hell out of everybody. You know, it was. Uh, you don't need to know who these people are. Just <clears throat> we give you a bunch of blood and uh, and, and, and homages to Leatherface, and that's going to be about it. <laughs> and that's all it was. Yeah, I was going to say, man, I feel like Rob Zombie saw the original Texas Chainsaw Master and was like, "Yep, that's it, right there." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Uh, I mean, okay, so I, I saw Thirty One because I had a friend who kept telling me, "You got to watch Thirty One. It's really good. It's it's, uh. it's, it's, it's a good movie." <laughs> I watched it. I'm like, okay. What part was good? He's like, well, the speech that Pyramid Head gave. I said, that's the whole reason why the movie is good because he gave that monologue at the beginning. He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, you can watch those five minutes on YouTube and skip the rest <laughs> of the movie. You can skip the rest of the movie. It's it's basically Hunger Games Hillbilly Edition. You don't need yeah. to. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. This might be a little shady, but you think when Rob Zombie makes a film and he has the casting call sheet, all it just says is ugly people? No, it just says Walmart. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, I feel bad when I'm saying that, but it's like that's the only people he cast for people that you're like you're looking at them like, wow. Do you it's, shop it's at it, Walmart at one in the morning? It, says, yeah, exactly. it's, it's, uh, it just says Walmart in Alabama with check boxes. <laughs> that's it. That's all it says. And I, and I don't apologize to our Alabama listeners. I don't. So, but yeah, it's just I <laughs> stick that in your roll tide. I, I, to be honest, if I if Rob Zombie was there and I was going to meet him, I would get one of his art pieces, that one of his paintings, get that autographed like a print or something, uh-huh. or I would get uh, 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 probably Hellbilly Deluxe the CD signed. Okay, that'd be it. Okay, that 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 would be it. Uh, 
I mean, hell, I'm going to try to go see him this summer if I can. At, uh, yeah, I got my tickets for I got my tickets for the show. We uh, got tickets. Yeah. Uh, Mudvayne coming back. Oh yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good show. Yeah, it's oh yeah, Chris. So yeah. it's Rob Zombie's the lead. You've got the reformed Mudvayne. You got Static X with uh, the dope lead singer reprising uh, his role as Zero, and then you have Pyramid uh, Five Thousand. Yeah. It is two thousand two all over again. No kidding, man. Oh yeah, it's yeah. going to be a killer show, Holy man. Shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we actually what we're trying to do is that the whole Houston horror community uh, Facebook group that we have, uh-huh. we're just going to try to do a huge meet and greet for the show. Uh, we're uh, we're all oh, getting awesome. generated mission tickets and just going to try to just all hang out for the show for sure. Uh, uh, I'm going to go awesome. see Corn too. I love having concerts back. I mean, it's just yes, yes. it's incredible having concerts back. Because last night I went, uh, Brian Head Welch from Corn was in uh, Katy. Yeah, I saw uh, that doing his thing. Uh, he actually ended up getting on stage and playing some Corn songs with one of the bands too. That's pretty cool. So, uh, but he does this thing where and I felt so bad because uh, him and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but he's from the skateboard industry. They uh, they do this thing called the Whosoever's, where they go around giving inspirational talks to people that are fighting substance abuse and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, so at Wildcatters and Katie, I'm, I'm friends with the owner, the staff there. I, you know, we do events there, so I know I go there a lot because I'm just comfortable going there. I know I don't have to worry about anything. Sure. And, uh, so I go yesterday for the Easter egg hunt and for the Brian Head Welch thing, not realizing that there were going to be a lot of ministries there set up with boots, like <laughs> giving stuff away. And I'm walking around. I don't know if you saw the shirt I had on yesterday, but it yep. uh, it, it actually had, you know, a picture of the crucifixion on it. And it said, Jesus loves you, but I don't. And the bottom said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> but what was oh, funny man. is I, I, I never I never wore a shirt where so many people wanted to take pictures of it before in my life. And, uh... that's, that's awesome. That, that is, yeah, that dude, is really you, cool. you got all the stink eye yesterday then. <laughs> yeah, must have. Must have. Uh, it, it's okay. It's like that one shirt that uh, I saw a lot of people wearing a few like yeah, about six or seven years ago. They uh uh, Jesus loves. Then underneath it, there's a picture of Sasha Gray, and it says Sasha Gray underneath it. So, but if you have a button-up oh, shirt, it says, says Jesus loves. That is awesome, man. You know, the funny thing about that is you're gonna get a lot of sideways looks from guys like I don't know who that is. Yeah, of course. No, no, yeah, sure, yeah. Nobody sure. does. You're right. Yeah. Sure, sure. Uh. <laughs> No, like no. I'll just say this for like for like a, a whale or like a uh, probably like a go to want to meet at a horror convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one that I'm I've been a fan of since I was a kid. Haven't met him yet. Joined the fan club. I want to meet R.L. Stein. Yeah, that would be a good one. I mean, Goosebumps. Who who didn't read Goosebumps in our age bracket? Who didn't read that? Right. Does he do shows and shit like that? He doesn't. He does them here and there. He mostly does like uh like book conventions of writing seminars stuff like that. Um, but he does come out right if they're still around you can find one probably but uh like i would want to meet him just because uh yeah i joined the i joined the goosebumps fan club when i was younger and it was the coolest thing too because they shipped you the package it was in a coffin shaped box yeah you got like you got like a notepad and a pencil and a hat and all that always really cool stuff and uh, i just remember that him growing up ring drink oval team what the (laughs) <laughs> he's a huge guest because he uh you know i love those those things that were like kind of the gateway for kids to get into horror movies like yeah. scooby-doo i mean yeah, scooby-doo absolutely. was a huge gateway for a lot of kids that kind of got into horror and oh my god to learn a little bit more about it, it uh yeah arl stein was huge on that front 
he, yeah, yeah. he, he was he encouraged a lot of horror horror fans. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, my definitely mom raised me on horror films, dude. And when when I was a kid, like of course my mom, you know, her age bracket, they grew up with uh, you know Scooby Doo, you know, back in the day, <laughs> shit like that. And so yeah, I watched a shit ton of Scooby Doo. Uh, a few years ago, uh, my now wife, before we were uh, officially married or whatever, we went on a vacation and we went to Universal Studios and she had gotten sick that day so she couldn't go to Universal Studios. So I went instead and they had Mystery Inc. was out there in front of the van. And so <laughs> awesome. like a meet and greet. It was cool. So I, of course I walk cool. up and I'm like, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, I haven't prepared. <clears throat> Like, where can a guy get a good cannoli around here, man? And the guy was like, like over here. And I'm like, over, over. You know, it was, I spent a lot of time watching like shit like that, man, as a kid. You know, so good. That is, sorry. I, hey, I, you start talking Scooby Doo, I have to do it. I'm sorry. Hey, Scooby Doo. Hey, Scooby Doo is a gateway for a lot of people. I, uh, I never really watched it when I was growing up. I just. I, I read Goosebumps. I had the I had the Creep Show comic book, like that book novel uh-huh. Creep Show. I wish I had yeah. mine. Ugh. I had that, and uh, I, yeah, I just had a lot of horror books because uh, uh, in our house, horror movies are kind of forbidden for with with my mom. She didn't want us to bring them in, okay. and I kind of had to sneak around it to go watch them. So, right, that's, that's what I had to do. But, uh, but yeah, Goosebumps was a big gateway for me. I love reading Goosebumps. Uh, I remember going to the book fair and always buying like two or three Goosebump books because, I mean, why not? And then trading with my friends to read them. Uh, okay. So there was wrestling tape traders and there was Aaron and his friends. Hey. <laughs> hey, you got to run. You got to run. Three stories to tell in the dark. I that that movie yeah. was honestly pretty good. I, I really enjoyed it. Wasn't it. bad. It wasn't a bad movie at all. The special know, effects it, were good. The special effects. Yeah, were I was gonna say. Though. Because those honestly, those books weren't really. I mean, they were scary, but it left a lot to your imagination. So, like, no, uh, no, the the stories I think were okay. The illustrations in those things were scary. I was gonna say that's the shit that was yeah. scary to me was the illustrations. And as a kid who loved art, I was like, ooh, I was always trying to like you know emulate them and shit like that. So I wish I had my original copies. I don't. I ended up buying like this three book, uh, the three volume like little box set when the movie came out, so I could have them. I was like, oh man, does it have the artwork though? Does it have the uh, artwork or not? It's a great question. Because I know they edited the artwork for a while. They they kind of uh, toned it down because of uh, angry moms around the world. Yeah. That, uh, got, they got upset. But uh, I was able to get volumes one and number th- part one and number three from Half Price Books with the original artwork, and they had to order number two off of uh, eBay. I got that. I'm glad we're talking about this, man. I forgot I hadn't even opened the same thing yet. You haven't oh. opened it yet? No, hold on. <laughs> I, I, I just, dude, I, I got so many comics and graphic novels and books and reference books and art books and shit like that. There's so much stuff I have I haven't even opened. You're just as bad as me. I know, man. Yeah. This is I've got to try to organize it or something. Yeah, I mean, look at these stacks of movies. <laughs> Wait, did I watch that one? Wait, yeah, I did. Okay. Why I mean, is the still. books not coming out of the sleeve? God, can they pack it in any tighter? That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> Nikita, good horror movie timing. Oh my God. Pretty, pretty much. So well, that's one of the reasons I've always said that horror and comedy kind of jive so well together. Yes. Because timing is such an important aspect of each one of those genres. I mean, huge, huge uh, uh, need for timing to really properly do uh, certain scenes. It's like uh, in uh, Get Out. That deer jumping in front of that car gets me every time. 
Yes. The timing <laughs> on that is just absolutely perfect. Well, I, I think for me, one, <clears> of the, <throat> like, one of the biggest horror movie jokes or like the comedies is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I said one of my favorite ones. My kids absolutely <laughs> love that movie, man. It's, oh, yeah, it's, dude. Look, the artwork's still in them. There you go. Yeah, That's it. Nice. Scurry shit. I love scurry <laughs> shit. <laughs> so good. But yeah, Tucker and Dale. I think the, the one that got me was like whenever he's running, chasing the bee with the chainsaw. Yeah. And the kid is running like side by side with him and he's not looking yeah. where he's going. And he runs into the, the tree. It's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, should, I should not have opened this. I'm not going to get any work done tonight. <laughs> Hey, reading Son material. Bitch, Hulk Hogan. Ugh. What? Hulk Hogan? What are you talking about? Cheeky baby. Ah. Wow. Bullshit, son of a bitch, Hulk Hogan. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, He's doing his Iron impersonation right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't know if I've ever really practiced one. Uh because <laughs> honestly it's kind of like it kind of you you you, you run the risk of sounding kind of racist if you're a white person going to shoot you <laughs> um hey savory grits savory grits man the savory grits are delicious sir yeah savory grits so speaking, yeah, of Iron Sheik, speaking of iron sheet just so you know i'm watching uh i was watching old episodes of jerry springer the other day don't ask. Oh, Pluto television. <laughs> no, come on, yeah. But when I say old, when I say old Jerry Springer episode, Steve had hair and wore a suit. That's how yes. far back these went. Yes. And there's a there's one where this woman is telling her boyfriend that she's seeing somebody else, and they bring out the somebody else, and the Iron Sheik walks out. What? The actual, <laughs> the actual Iron Sheik walks out. Yeah. And he starts he starts ripping on Hulk Hogan. It is the funniest <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> It's, it's, it's ripping on Hulk Hogan and Bob Backlund. I'm like, Hulk good Lord, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> this is what happens. Uh, th- th- there were there was a um, oh, th- there's a comic convention. You could probably YouTube it where uh, Iron Sheik is doing a Q and A. He's doing a Q and A with with the fans and everything like that. And every time somebody asks him a question, he somehow turns the qu- the answer around into an insult to Hulk Hogan before really answering it and then telling the fan to go fuck himself. And it's hilarious. <laughs> it, it's because it's because it's like thirty to forty-five minutes of just this over and over and over. Hey, she. It's like, hey, she. What? She. What made you get into wrestling? That fucking bastard Hogan. He did this. That fucking break his back, jabroni. Oh, da, da, da. oh yeah, I did it when I was young. Go fuck yourself. Then, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's, oh, it's, ins- no. yeah uh, it's 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 insane that she just his hatred toward Hogan. It's nice, man. <laughs> It's it's the hatred is, is the real. Son of a bitch, jabroni of the earth. <laughs> he's the he's the original MJF. Dude, uh, they need to put they need to put the Sheik in a, in a horror film. Do you like all the B movie horror movies that come out nowadays? Because you only have like popping up in something. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like they have what zombie strippers with all the wrestlers and stuff in it. Like, no, zombies uh, versus wrestlers. Zombies versus wrestlers. Oh, is that what it was? What was the zombie yeah. stripper movie? I forget what that was. Was that zombie strippers with the. Uh, Zombie, that's it. Zombie strippers. With oh, they're all thinking of the same movie? Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Different movies. Two different movies. There's been a couple oh, okay. of zombie strippers movies. Yeah. But yeah, the one actually called Zombie Strippers. You know, that's when they all hung out. They're, they're in the uh, the strip club uh, boarded yeah. up, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, that's, and that's when it's got Tito Ortiz as the bouncer who was at the time yeah. <laughs> married to Jenna Jameson, who was the main zombie stripper. Right. That's yes. right. Yeah. And, and, pretty, and pretty much each. The movie was basically just five different sets of five different zombie strippers dancing on stage with music. That was the movie. Hey, do you think when Janet Jameson dies, she's going to recycle herself? Maybe. To different plastic it's, plants. It's, across- 
disagreeing thing to do, man. It's a responsible thing to do. <laughs> I mean, can you recycle saline and, you know, that stuff and collagen? I mean, you know, put it in Kim Kardashian's lips or something like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> These plastic bitches. They're just going to grind her up. She's going to be part of a park somewhere, like for the ground. <laughs> the, the plastic little kids are going to slide. It's going to be a like kiddie slide all of a sudden. A kiddie slide? <laughs> those those, those, uh, those uh, bouncy mats of, made of old tires and shit. It's old, old <laughs> Jenna. This old park Jenna. was sponsored by Jenna Jameson's thighs. Like, oh, okay, great. Uh, and Tito Ortiz's alimony. So... <laughs> but, but yeah, Jenna Jameson. Yeah, yeah. There's a few different zombie stripper movies, but you're thinking of zombie re- zombies versus wrestlers, which had like Raven and Kurt Angle and Matt Hardy and uh, uh, Shane Douglas, all those people. Which yeah, we had do a watch along of that one one episode. We haven't done. We've never done a watch along. I think those are fun. We can try. We can try to do that. But yeah. with 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 zombies versus wrestlers, the the scene that gets people's attention is when Kurt Angle puts a zombie in the ankle lock. Rips, <laughs> rips the leg off and then beats him with it. It's so good. So, uh, it sounds pretty money, man. <laughs> it well, it's, it's it's definitely a watch that you need to be uh, intoxicated to to finish. <laughs> you have to be intoxicated. But it, it's out there. It is definitely out there. There's so, there's so many movies out there, man. And you find them like now. <laughs> one of the places I buy, I, I get independent DVDs is Family Dollar. Really. Oh, wow. They have so many. I found Clown Town there. I have found uh, <laughs> there's so many movies that I found at Family Dollar. But, Speaking uh, but of yeah. dollars, yeah. What was that movie I saw, Aaron, that I didn't pick up? Uh, Jack Bauer, not Jack Bauer, Jack something Monster Hunter. I forget the last name. Yeah, I saw it on Salvation Army for a dollar, and Aaron recommended it, and I was like, oh, it's just a dollar, but I want to save this dollar. I should have I grabbed it. I'm trying to remember that movie. I, I know that movie. I'm trying to remember. Is Jack uh it's, ja- it's Jack Jack's- something Monster Hunter or Monster yes. something. I have it somewhere. <laughs> I have it somewhere. Yeah, Salvation Army always has their movies a dollar per disc. And like we go to a particular Salvation Army in a rich side of Houston where people just don't destroy their shit. And so right. like, we get yeah, good you know, you know, about scratches and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, yeah. movies all the time, man. I, yeah. I'm always picking up stuff. Well, like, well, Walmart, Walmart has been great lately with like any yeah. movie. Uh, with indie yep. movies, <clears throat> there's one I've been wanting, wanting to pick up. It's called uh, uh, Amityville Clown House. Yes. And yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, go uh, look up the Am- Amityville franchise on Wikipedia, and it is ridiculous how many movies they've had come out. It's. I mean, it's got to be forty <laughs> or fifty different versions. Really? Of they just, they oh, just yeah. slap Amityville on it. Just Amityville in the hood. Uh, that was one of the more recent. Was Amityville in the hood? Uh, yes, Amityville in the hood. There's Am- <laughs> there's Amityville Karens, and then there's Amityville, Amityville in Space. I think was the yeah, latest one. Yeah, yeah, it's the latest one. Yeah. And see, I, I'm a big fan of the Amityville like kind of French or uh, mythology because I, I read the book. I read the Amityville horror book. Thought the thought the Warrens and the uh, the family were full of crap from the beginning. I'm like, okay, yeah, uh-huh. I know these. I know I know they're lying. They they owe somebody money. They're lying. And then. I watched the movies. I got the box set. I got the the sequel, bo- the sequels box set, which has like you know the dollhouse, the mm-hmm. the evil clock that turns back in time. Um, I picked up all these other Amityville movies because I just I love that that series is so stupid and fun that I have to find and I have to get in all the Amityville movies. <laughs> <clears throat> they're they're so dumb. I have to get them all. Uh, 
But uh, oh, that movie's called Jack Brooks Monster Slayer. That's it. Yeah, that's what it was. Damn it, I might have to go back and see if they got it. Oh, still. get it. It's a it's, it, that one. That one's a it's a fun movie. It's a fun yeah. movie. It's, it's all it takes is for a movie to be fun. It could be yeah. bad acting. It could be everything else. But as long as it's fun, man. It, it's part right. of the three horror comedies that came out around that time. You had Jack Brooks Monster Slayer. You had the last Lovecraft, and you have uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, and they're all horror comedies. They came out around the same time, and they're so much fun. They're, they're a great. Those are movies that, that you should own. Tucker and Dale is one of the greatest horror comedies ever made. Yeah, was See, good, that movie yeah. is so good. It's, we all have we have Sam Raimi to thank for that, by the way, and, and Bruce Campbell. I'm just saying, yeah. like these movies don't exist without those guys. I don't know. You might want to check out Basket Case. Or even Blood Diner. Blood Diner was another one I watched a lot when I was a kid. Uh, Jackie Blood, Kong. You know, what? I'll say this about Blood Diner. Blood Diner has amazing box art. It has an amazing yes, box cover. That's why I used to rent it all the time. But the movie is completely different. It's completely different. I have the movie because Aaron gave me a copy because he either had an extra copy or he upgraded it to a steelbook or something. No, like I, that. I gave it to you because I didn't want it anymore. Oof. When you're like a 10 year old kid and you find a movie you can rent that has a chick with her boobs out running across the restaurant, you tend yes. to rent it every once in a while yeah. and watch it over and over again. But uh, I was actually watching, uh, you know, Jackie Kong directed. Uh, Roar directed uh, Blood Diner, mm-hmm. and Jackie has like three credits on her IMBD, and that's it. And the other one is a <laughs> uh, is Night Patrol. Do you remember Night Patrol? It uh it starred the unknown comic. Uh, if you get a chance, it, it's streaming right now on on one of the services. But I'm watching it. I'm doing a rewatch of it the other night, and I mean Dice Clay's in it. Uh, oh, Linda, okay. Linda Blair. Linda Blair is in it. Uh, what's his name? The uh, the little person actor from back in the day. Uh, the uh, Warren Davis. Guy. No, no, this is from back in the uh, late seventies, early eighties. Uh, damn it, I can't remember his name. He, he, the guy from Se- the little guy from Seinfeld, Mickey. No, 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 no. Further back than that. Uh, what oh. was his? Can, uh, Bobby. Something, but he was like one of the more famous little people actors uh, back okay. in the day. He's in it. it, it it's a it's a funny ass movie, man. The movie's so <laughs> stupid. But uh, the unknown comic, I, just the, the the whole next day, I'm texting my son all these lame ass jokes and stuff. It's like what what, what, what what are the jokes was? How do you get a witch pregnant? How? You fuck her. No comic, you said, have these horrible, just dad jokes that uh. That's a good one. That, that, that's a pretty good one. Ah that, that <laughs> oh, man. Ah. Oh. Well, Scott, it's, it has been great to have you on. Oh, this has yeah, been a lot of you. fun just talking horror movies with you. Awesome, man. Uh, we're going to give you this uh, time to kind of plug your stuff, you know, plug yeah. the convention. You know, Where can it find you on on the socials? Go right. ahead. The floor is yours. Okay. So our next big event, of course, our flagship event is the Houston Horror Film Festival, which is coming up July 22nd through the 24th at the Marriott West Chase in, uh, in Houston, Texas. It's right, off the, it's right at the Beltway in Westheimer. Uh, you're going to be able to see a whole bunch of guests. We, we got a few other guests we will, we will be announcing, but, uh, we're going to have a whole bunch of villains for you. We got CJ Graham from uh Friday the 13th part six, which is in my opinion, one of the, uh, should be considered one of the all time greats in the franchise just because of what it means to the franchise. Yeah. Uh, 
Andrew Bernaski, who was Leatherface, of course, back in the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake in 2003, who is honestly, in my opinion, that's the darkest, scariest Leatherface you will find <laughs> in the franchise. Yeah. Uh, he was just a monster at that. Uh, James Duke Courtney, uh, current Michael Myers from the Halloween franchise. Uh, we got a whole bunch of Halloween people. Uh, Tom Jones Jr., who, uh, of course, was able to, 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 to bring back Dr. Loomis. Yep. You know, in a very amazing way. You know, that was that was all makeup, which is what really blows my mind. There was no yeah, CGI. Uh, Danielle Harris and Scout Taylor Compton, of course, two incredible screen queens from Rob Zombie's Halloween. Danielle, of course, she was in Halloween uh, four or five. And uh, Millie Shapiro is making a very, very uh, rare appearance from hereditary and she is a sweet okay. sweet girl she uh she's launching a music career right now she uh she's awesome james duvall was one of the big announcements for me that i we've been sitting on that one for months i've been waiting to announce <laughs> it but, uh, we, we wanted to kind of wait till we got closer to easter because of course he's frank the rabbit from donnie darko but yeah uh and of course a lot of people know him from independence day as randy quaid's son uh but he's gonna be coming down we got alex vincent and christina lease from the uh Child's Play franchise. Kathy Moriarty. Uh, I mean, th this woman's an Oscar was an Oscar-nominated actress for *Raging Bull*. Yep. Uh, but from *Casper* and also uh, one of my favorite movies that she was in was *Neighbors*. Do you, you remember that movie *Neighbors* with John Belushi and Van Aykroyd? Uh, vaguely. Yeah. John Belushi. John Belushi was kind of like the nerdy neighbor who uh, he ended up having Dan Aykroyd move next door. Who him and his wife were just like really crazy swingers and stuff. Okay. Kathy Moriarty was actually uh, Kathy was Dan Aykroyd's uh, wife in that movie. Uh, okay. uh, Dolly from the uh, Boulay Brothers Dragula show. One of my favorites, uh, just an old crush of mine, Rachel True's coming down. Oh yeah. To meet Rachel. I saw her uh, a few years ago. She looks gorgeous still. Oh yeah, yeah, and she's she, she's very very sweet. Yes, uh, very. Michael Hargrove, of course, the uh, Sherman Fields Candyman from the Jordan Peele Candyman franchise. Uh, a real big one that uh, we were honestly surprised that uh, it went Wait, as well as it did. With I think I'm gonna know who this is. I think I know who this and, is. And, and we just mentioned body bags a little while ago, but Tom Arnold's coming. Yes, which is pretty crazy. exciting. Freddy's Dead, the new Nightmare too. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, Joe Solon from Popcorn, from uh, The Stepfather, just uh, Babes in Toyland, which I found that VHS the other day I was pretty excited about. Uh, she's going to be coming down, uh, just definite screen queen there. Marshall Vertrue, one of the most underrated slashers is definitely the Valentine movie. Do you, right. do you remember the Valentine movie? I do, I do remember said, it. Yeah, yeah. so... so so the actual Valentine killer is coming down. Marshall Virtue is going to be coming. Uh, John Abrahams from uh, from Scary Movie. And one of the movies that I used to tell people, people used to say, like, what kind of movies give you nightmares? When I first saw that movie, Kids, <laughs> that movie scared the shit out of me. Yeah, Because the whole time I'm thinking, that could really happen. I could really be walking through a park and a bunch of kids with skateboards just start clocking me on the back of the head with it. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> Scream Queen Mark Patton is going to be coming down from Friday the 13th, part, uh, part two. I'm oh, sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah, losing my mind. yeah, losing my mind. Uh, <laughs> Terry McMinn's coming down, the original Chainsaw Girl from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We got a group of folks from House of a Thousand Corpses. Walter Phelan, of course, was Dr. Satan and Jennifer Jostin, one of the victims from the movies. Uh, David Bourne, who was in Texas Chainsaw 3D. He actually, he's a local Houston resident. He's going to be coming down. Yes. Uh, oh, Leslie Dean is going to be coming out from Freddy's Dead nice. and 976 Evil, uh, which may or may not be uh, 
Robert England's magnus opus, but I'm not going to bring that up. You know, he hates talking about he hates he hates talking about that movie. Just so you guys really, <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Uh, Tiffany Shepis is going to be coming down, of course. Uh, my probably favorite movie she was in, which one day I want to get Debbie Rose Sean down here is Tromeo and Juliet. Oh, that's it's a such a fun movie. That's a good one. Uh, Carmela McNeil uh, from the current Halloween uh, franchise. And of course, we're going to have a whole bunch of filmmakers where uh, we are going to be, I think we got 75 movies, in, uh, short films and feature films. We're going to be uh, uh, premiering that weekend. Uh, of course, we're going to have photo ops, 120 vendors, yeah. uh, after parties. It, it's just going to be an absolute blast. So that's July 22nd through 24th. You can go to HoustonHorrorFilmFest.com, and we're on every social media platform, Houston Horror Film Fest. Just search us up, and you will definitely find us pretty quick. Fantastic. That's awesome. And where can they find you on social? On social, uh, of course, Scott Fontenot on Facebook, Old School Creole on Instagram, uh, Houston Horror, at Houston Horror Film Fest on uh, on Instagram and also on uh, on Facebook also. Plus we have, I mean, we run the uh, Houston Horror Community Facebook page also, which is, a, that group's growing pretty fast and it's a lot of fun. We're gonna start doing some stuff with that group. And uh, just follow follow us on any of those platforms and you'll learn about mm -hmm. all the events that we do. I mean, we're, we're probably, we got at least another five events coming up this year, okay. whether they be single day or the big events that we're gonna be doing. That, that, that is awesome. And I know a lot of our listeners are horror fans and uh, hopefully we can meet y'all out there. We will we'll be able to attend to meet y'all out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 yeah. That'd definitely be awesome. Hopefully I can come back on the show, man. Let me know if oh, you want yeah. to pick a movie that we could talk well, about. Here, here's the thing. Oh yeah. In October we do, we do like, you know, you've heard of March madness. Well, we do yeah. like an October slasher madness or a horror oh, nice, madness in man. October where we do the same bracket system where we have a guest that be our split decision for uh rating movies. Okay. And last year's winner was Trick or Treat because nice. the way it, it's nice the one. path it took to get to the end. That's all. Right. It, all that matters is the path it took. Who it went up to? Who it went up against? Right. The, fi the, final two, everything. the final two movies was Trick or Treat and The Thing. Yeah. It was the path of victory. <laughs> yeah. He just got done must talking about it. Young, must have been a young crowd over there voting on that. Oh, one, but... oh man. Hey, look. Well, <laughs> like, well, our, well, our oldest guest was part of the uh, the Universal collection. We had our bracket for Universal, and yeah. we had our, our, our friend James on there, and he helped us with that. Uh, but it came down. The final four was uh, final four was uh, uh, Child's Play 2 versus mm -hmm. Creature from the Black Lagoon versus The Thing versus Trick or Treat. Okay, and you got you know, and man, I, if I remember correctly, I made a good case for for the thing, honestly, because uh, I, I'm always a, a proponent of what you don't know is what's scary. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can show me practical effects shit and looks great all day, but like at the end of the day, we don't know who the fuck who was what. You know what I mean? Like, or if everybody was just screwed at the yeah. end. You know what I mean? Like it was, you know, it was but, blight, very blight, and right. so. That but was but the hey, whole thing. It, it's a popularity contest. For it's the way thing. it works. Yeah, yeah. It's a popularity exactly contest. What it is. <laughs> exactly. So everybody loves Sam. Who doesn't love Sam? Yeah, who doesn't love Sam? That, that's the thing. <laughs> so again, thank you for coming on. It's, it's no been a problem, pleasure man. to have you on. Thanks for having there. me, man. It was great. Look forward so, to the next time. I, I just oh, have yeah. one final question for you. Shoot. And as, as as a horror collector, physical media or digital? Physical always. Physical oh, always. Because the, the, the it, well. 
they're doing things now with digital media that's that's a lot different than what they used to be able to. And one of the reasons I was always a huge proponent of VHS and stuff like that mm -hmm. is that back in the 70s and early 80s, there was a lot of things they did with practical effects and special effects that the use of VHS was able to hide the uh, imperfections. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I'll give you I'll give you one of my favorite examples is if you watch uh, the movie Airplane. And the okay. scene where the, the scene where the doctor is uh, the, he's on the phone and the, the heart's bouncing around the desk. Mm -hmm. Okay, when they clean that up and made it digital, you could see the string <laughs> on the VHS because of the lines and, and, and the way yeah. it's not you know, crystal clear. That string was hidden and it looked like yeah. the heart was bouncing around. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why, the, in, in a lot of cases, I prefer physical media. That's to true. to actual digital i just i, I just i, I got i like being i like being able to if the uh if, if the cable goes out or internet goes out i can just exactly. throw a dvd or a vhs in and i can watch it yep you know sure. i can mm -hmm. I, I can watch what i want that's why i mean i got i got a lot of vhs and dvds yeah. about, oh I, I yeah love having them and not everything's all streaming not everything's available exactly exactly yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot of 80s and 90s horror that have not been converted to DVD or to right. digital streaming That's that, that are just not coming out to like Severin and uh, Era Video and uh, all those other distributors now. And you're definitely paying for it. But still, oh, yeah. there are they're those hard to find movies that uh, that are slowly coming out now to physical me physical media only not to digital streaming service and that kind and there's, of there's some that's hard to find <laughs> a, try to find a dvd copy of near dark dude it's impossible oh yeah oh yeah, D yeah they came near out with dark. that one special edition that goes for like 50 bucks used on ebay and stuff and there's no i got the vhs here of course I, I, that's one of my favorite that's one of my top three vampire movies bill paxton man I, bill paxton and lance Henriksen. you can't you can't oh, be yeah. near dark all right. Well, like I've got one of them somewhere. I've got one. I bought this DVD and I bought it on the like the discount rack at Best Buy. And now you try to find the movie and it's hard to find. It's right. I have the I have Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys, the one with Corey Feldman. Yes. Yes. You can't get that anywhere now. You, you can't. It's uh, I know Charles Band just got the rights back to it, but still. When he releases it, you're gonna pay for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he says and he says he doesn't want to release it because he hates that movie. He it's, he, he feels okay. it's terrible, even though he made like ten out of the say. fifteen Puppet Master movies. Let's say, yeah, come right. on now. <laughs> so does he know? Does he know some of the full moon movies that have come out, and he thinks that one was bad? Does he realize what he's doing? <laughs> come on, he made he made Prehistoria three. Come on, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Holy shit. So so yeah, it's. It's those, yeah, you, you can't find some of these movies anywhere. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I'm a big advocate for physical media, but also when I buy them, I either trade them away or I sell them off. So, you know, yep. recoup or, you know, do that. So, I've done that with a lot of VHS tapes that, that I have because I've a lot of stuff I had duplicates and I, uh, I kind of called the collection a couple of months ago. Yeah. Made a good bit of money. V the VHS market is ignorant right now. I was about to say, it it's, is, going, it really... it's going the way of uh, where v or, uh, records and shit became popular again. Now yeah. VHS, because yeah. yeah. we got people who want horror movies that never fucking had a VCR ever. It's well, like, it's, right. it's, but it's also uh, it's also certain cuts now. Like, you know, the original cut of Lilo and Stitch is going for crazy amounts because of the, the edits to, like, the dryer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now to the cupboard. And then, right. and then what I didn't know is that the original, like, the eight, no, the 80 cut, of uh, Wizard of Oz on VHS is going for crazy amounts because yeah, of the, uh, yeah. the the hanging uh, shadow in the background. Right. So what? yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. There's a hanging shadow in the background that got replaced with the bird, 
and uh, it's a different cut. Interesting. Different I mean, I knew about the, the the hanging, you know, mini person or whatever, but like I didn't know that it was a thing as far as like being more expensive than VHS. It is real. It is uh, honestly, uh, honestly, sort of thing because I know, I know. God, I'm going to implicate myself, but I know people that that used to do this with comic books. But I honestly think a lot of the uh, the VHS overinflation or pricing mm-hmm. is, has to do with a lot of money laundering and and just uh, I think so. And some other things going on because it, it's just it's ignorant how some of these prices are going up. It, just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It or, makes no sense at all. What were you were you at the uh, Texas Frightmare where the the one booth had like the the 30 VCRs that they were selling at $200 a piece and they sold out? I heard about it. I didn't see it. But I heard about it. Yeah. Some somebody had somebody was selling VCRs. Uh, they're they're brand new or refurbished, two hundred dollars a piece, and the guy had thirty of them, and he sold out the first day. Jesus Christ! And the thing about it is, I'm, I remember because I've been picking, doing estate sales and uh, thrift stores for a decade now, yeah. and I remember at a time I could go to I could take a day and go to four thrift stores, and I'm gonna find a couple of v, uh, VCRs and in uh, a turntable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't find that. There's so many people that are looking for that stuff now and flipping it. You can't find anything anymore, nope. man. It's, nope. it's nope. miserable. It is insane. <laughs> it, 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 is, it is, well, it's the way of the horror craft now. People yeah. got to yeah. have those VHSs. Yeah. So, again, sir, thank you for coming on. No problem. Like I said, and, look forward to doing it again, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to have you on again because this was this yeah. was definitely a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, we get you after the convention. That way, we can kind of get your, uh, okay. your take yeah. and review of how it went. You know, how okay. it went and everything. So, and what we actually what we might do is leading up to it is maybe if I can come back on and I'll bring uh, Troy on and oh, yeah. Troy, what, well, once better. we get the once we get the film selections going, he can actually discuss some of the movies that we're going to have coming up. Oh, that's even screen, better. So. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. That that'll be even better. So yeah, man, thank you again. Awesome, uh, no problem. And if you made it this far, give yourself a pat on the back. Thank <laughs> you for tuning in. Uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, you'll tune in next week. So until then, I'm Aaron. I am Chris, and you know, listen, I didn't want to bring it up because he's a former chef, okay? I know he's going to say, but I'm going to ask him anyway, okay? I'm sorry to our 17 listeners. I'm sorry to you, Aaron. Scott, Poncho's Mexican Buffet, good restaurant or great restaurant? When I was in college, it was a great restaurant. That's all I need to know. There you go. All right. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) take care. Keep it scary. Uh, Fuck Poncho's. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, check out CrossTheStreamsMedia.com to hear more episodes of this podcast and the other shows on the Cross the Streams Network. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your favorite shows. Visit CrossTheStreamsMedia.com for more information. See you next time. has been a Cross the Streams media podcast.